Hi guys, welcome back to the DNA Podcast. Today we will look at two players who are transforming the way we look at big men in the NBA. In Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. So, let's get started. Welcome back to another edition of the DNA Podcast. That's Amit, I'm Deepak, and today we're going to talk about two big men in the NBA, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. Amit, how's it going? It's going well, man. I'm excited for this pod. Let's get started. Same. I mean, so we know the NBA, every team is taking a ton of three-pointers, and I think it's time to forget about the stretch four because it's the era of the stretch five. So many centers in the league are hitting three-pointers, including these two, and I think uh, just a bit too many. So why don't we get started with talking about Carl Anthony Towns? Well, Carl Anthony Towns, after this spectacular first-year rookie year that he had, where he averaged over 20 and 10, everyone was amazed at his talent. He was the new Anthony Davis, the poster child for the future of the NBA. And now, this season, they've come out of the gate. He's still putting up great numbers, but his team's struggling, so... Everyone's kind of in the middle ground, like what's happening. Uh, but it looks, he looks really good as a player. I mean, he's averaging 22 and 10 uh, as of today and 1.5 blocks and 2.3 assists. I mean, he is, he is the future of the NBA, in my opinion. And as, as someone who really appreciates post-play, um, it, it's, it's very refreshing to see someone like him. But... As you said, he's also stepping back to the three-point line and taking too many threes, in my opinion. Yeah, so he's taking four threes a game, which I feel is way too many for a center. Not only just any center, but I think he's got such a good and refined post game for you know his age and his experience that I think they should just be running the offense through him in the post, and and the three-pointer should be an added bonus to to his uh, to his offensive play. You can't just take four threes a game. And, I mean, his field goal percentage is down 6% from last year, from 54 to 48. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, one of the biggest reasons why. Now, it's not like he's not hitting the three at a good rate. He's hitting 38%. But I think that has just been detrimental to that team that he's taking so many shots from the perimeter when they already have guys on the perimeter like Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins that take so many outside shots anyway. You know what it is? It's a copycat league. The NBA is a copycat league. They've seen the success of the Warriors and the Cavaliers, actually, uh, by shooting the three. And so when these guys come into the gym and you have Zach Levine, you have Andrew Wiggins, you have Carl Anthony Towns, these guys are taking three-pointers like it's nothing. Like, Cat last year used to take around one three-pointer a game, and now he's taking four. Just that, that copycat mentality of the league. It's, it's where the league is going, and unfortunately, I think they will keep it up. I don't think that will stop anytime soon. I don't think so either. Um, I hope it does. I hope, you know, if he can bring those down from four threes a game to maybe two and a half threes a game and just take more post shots. So the other day, I saw him go off for 47 points and 18 rebounds versus the New York Knicks, either, and then he didn't make a single three. I mean, he shot a really high percentage, like around 70%. And he's that good in the post where you can dump the ball in the post. He's a good passer. He can pass out of a double team. And if not, he can go over the right shoulder or the left shoulder. I don't see why he's, you know, so his game has become so perimeter-oriented. And that team, I mean, they only have, what, six wins right now? And uh, they've been definitely a letdown. And it's not, I'm not saying it's his fault. Like, like you say, he's averaging 22 and 10. 
But uh, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's probably one of the best centers in the league already, definitely. Yeah, um, I mean, when when the Timberwolves signed Tibbs to to be the GM and the coach, everyone overrated the Timberwolves right away. People were predicting them to to be one of the playoff teams, to be close to 50 wins. And now we noticed that they didn't really add that much talent to their roster from last year. And uh, having these these lineups with players like Rubio, Wiggins, and Levine in, at the same time as playing Cat, I don't think it's helping them at all. Uh, I think that's, that's the underlying issue of the Timberwolves. And uh, if they can do something about it, then I feel like they can make a turnaround similar to the Pelicans. The Pelicans started off horrible, and now they're doing quite well. So it's still possible, right? I think so. Uh, they're digging themselves a big hole, but I think a good point you make is uh, expectations. And I think expectations have killed this team in a sense where coming into the season, everyone was so excited about the talent on this team, was so excited about the hiring of, of, of uh, Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, everyone thought, including myself, and I think you too, uh, they've become a really good defensive team just right off right off the bat. And that's hard. I mean, it's, they're really young players. Cats in the second year, Levine's in what, his third year, Wiggins' fourth year. Very young players. Um, it takes time to develop that, and unfortunately, I don't think they'll make the playoffs because of this whole they're doing themselves right now. Mm-hmm. But I do think that changes can be made to that lineup. Whereas, if you can add some more shooting around Cat, maybe that yeah. that means you can play play through him in the post more. You can add some some space to operate around him, and then say you move Levine to the bench. Uh, he's a great, he's a really good player, by the way, and he can score over twenty points on any given night. Right. So maybe he can carry your second unit, and I think there's things that can be done there to to kind of uh, turn that team around. But as far as Cat goes, he's an amazing player, 22 and 10. Yeah. Uh, he's just going to keep getting better and better, and uh, the sky's the limit for him. Obviously, yeah, for now, I just think that team, everyone in the starting lineup except Jang, uh, is a ball dominant player. No, none of them can really play off the ball. Like Rubio needs the ball in his hand. Zach Levine is a great shooter, but he still wants the ball in his hand. Uh, same thing with Wiggins, and obviously Cat needs the ball, right? Um, yeah, making that change, putting those expectations down, and I think they can make a turn. I don't think they need to tank at all. They're a young team, and I think they need that experience to start winning, and I think there's no way Tibbs actually tries to tank. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no way. Uh, that team's not going to tank. They're they're going to turn around, I think. They're, they're, not, they're definitely not as bad as their record suggests. Yeah. If anything, they're, they're actually the only team in the NBA with a losing record that has a positive point differential, which uh, is hard to believe. But they sometimes they, there's these games where, I mean, they lose close and then they win big, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where that comes from. Yeah. But uh, that team's not as bad as their record, and they got so many good young talent, yeah. uh, talented players like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins for starters. Uh, they shouldn't be losing this much, and I don't think they will. Yeah, so talking about expectations, we, we went into the season thinking the Timberwolves could potentially be uh, a playoff team. But on the other hand, we want to talk about Joel Embiid, who apparently is your favorite player now, as you announced in our last podcast. He is indeed. He is indeed, yeah. And he makes Sixer games exciting, which no one could have predicted at the beginning of the season, especially when they lost Ben Simmons. But... Uh, their expectations are still very low, but man, Embiid is good. He can play, and I can attest to watching a lot of Philadelphia 76ers basketball <laughs> this year just because of him. Uh, just on Friday, there were, 
I think like 10 games on the slate and I think the most I watched a game of was this one because he was on the floor for 28 minutes and he went for 25 points and 10 rebounds um, was this the game against the Magic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that makes it even worse. I was watching Orlando versus Philadelphia. Oh, my and... goodness. Why do you put yourself <laughs> through this? <laughs> well, because of him. Dude, when he's, on the, when he's on the floor, it's exciting. And obviously, they give him the ball every single time. His usage rate is off the charts. And that's why, I mean, another, another big reason that he's getting all these points, all these rebounds. Yeah. But he's just super talented. So, like, his numbers, he's averaging... 19 points, 8 rebounds, and 23 minutes per game. Obviously, he's, he's on the minutes restriction. And the blocks, 2.2 blocks. 2.2 blocks, exactly. He's a good free throw shooter, too, for a big man. That's huge. Like, both of these guys, Carl Anthony and uh, Embiid, they're good from the line. Embiid shoots 77%. Um, Embiid he, is shooting 51% from the three-point land. And he is, and that's exactly what I was going to bring up right now. He's got a really nice touch from the you know mid-range and long-range. He's taking almost three threes a game, making... Or, you know, one and a half. He's got it all. He's a full package in offense. Now, one thing that he needs to develop, obviously, and I mean, we're 13 games into his NBA career, so it's hard to, you know, nitpick on anything. Yeah. But he's definitely got to get better as a passer out of the post. I think he's had a, a ton of turnovers already. He averaged four turnovers a game, which is a lot. Right. But, but that'll uh, just come with time as he gets used to the NBA double teams. Um, I mean, he's getting all the attention from the defenses right now because. As you may have noticed in the Orlando game and multiple games that you've watched, when he's not on the floor, that Philadelphia 76er team is horrible. It's unwatchable. Yeah, I literally, um, I wish I had an alert on my phone that told me when he's coming back in. Mm -hmm. Because I obviously switch games when he when they take him out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what the deal is with the 76ers this year. But once again, and, and another thing uh, with both these players, he's so mobile, that, but they're both so mobile on defense. Yeah. Um, I think you told me a stat today that with Embiid on the floor, and as limited a sample size as it is, that defense with Embiid on the floor with the with 76ers is uh, one of the best in the league. Is that what you said? Yes, is is the best in the league. With like, yeah, 98%, uh, sorry, 98 points per points. game allowed. Yeah. And that's just insane. And uh, but yes, when he's small off sample the floor, size. But when he's off the floor, they have the worst defense in the league. And there you go. That tells you. I mean, he's going to be rookie of the year as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Uh, no, competition. Far, no competition. No competition. Not at all. Yeah. And I think it's just really exciting that we have two big men that play this way, that have come into the NBA. You know, in this new era of basketball, shooting the three, the mid range, they have the full package and offense. Really good defensive players, and uh, it's yeah. really exciting for the league. These guys who, yeah, they're what Carl Anthony Towns is almost seven feet tall, and Joel Embiid is over seven foot tall. And these yeah. guys can get out on the perimeter, as you were talking, they can trap the pick and roll really well. Uh, they're, they're smart players for their age, they already defensive awareness that they possess, it's their basketball IQ is really high. Um, I mean, you talked about the turnovers, but that happens in rookie seasons. But having the best defense when he's on the floor, Carl Anthony Towns, we know what he did. Uh, I think the standout game from last year where the Timberwolves beat the Warriors and, and Carl Anthony Towns had a great stop on Steph Curry. I mean, it just shows you that these guys can be there for the perimeter-oriented NBA. 
Yeah, and I definitely remember that game where, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had to switch out on Steph Curry and the Warrior players on the perimeter and how mobile his feet were, and everyone was so impressed. And Joel Embiid has the same thing. Like, in the limited games he's played, only 13 games, his trapping of the pick and roll near half court at the baseline, it, he's, very, he's very mobile with his feet, which is refreshing to see uh, because of the injury he was coming off of. You know, he was out two years pretty much with a foot injury. Right. So it's refreshing to see him moving so well out there. And just, I guess what we wanted to do with this podcast was let you know to keep an eye on these two guys if you aren't already and get yourself to watching games like Philadelphia and Orlando because you can see a beat go for 25 and 10. You I don't recognize know, man. That's hard to convince. I, I can't do it. <laughs> You have to. I mean, even if it's only the 25 minutes and beat plays, just just watch him play. Um, if he gets you 25 minutes and 25, uh, sorry, 25 points in 25 minutes, how can you not watch that guy play? He's that good, and these guys are the future of the league. You know, fingers crossed they can stay healthy. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't had injury problems so far, which is excellent. And then beat. I mean, he's coming off. They're taking it slow over there. Uh, if they can stay healthy, these guys are going to carry the center position in this league for a long time, along with you know Anthony Davis and. Uh, other big men out there, Christoph Porzingis, who maybe you know is a four slash five. That's exciting. It's that exciting. is very exciting. And and, young, uh, it's the era cool. of the stretch five. Yeah, I agree. So, who would you rather have right now, Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns? See now that's see that there's an easy answer to this question, but it's not as easy for me because, like I said, Joel Embiid is my new favorite player in the league. Yeah. That that being said, I still have to pick Carl Anthony Towns. He is. He's kind of he kind of redefined the big man position last year for you know for young players coming in, being able to do everything that he does on the perimeter, taking the three and the mid range, being so good in the post, averaging eighteen and ten on fifty five percent shooting last year. Mm-hmm. I would still pick Carl Anthony Towns, but I and, and then another factor for that is that he stayed healthy. You know you can't really put that past Embiid yet. Yeah. Um, if he can, if Embiid can put a couple of seasons together where he doesn't get help, uh, sorry injured, and he's still playing this way, I think you can't, you really can't go wrong. But at this point, I definitely have to pick on Anthony Towns. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think it's the question mark in terms of health. Uh, just because Carl Anthony Towns, he played 82 games, all of 82 games last year. Hasn't missed a game this year. It's it's such a huge factor. That's, that's why I would pick Carl uh, Anthony Towns over Anthony Davis. Still, uh, just because of health, man. It, it's such a big aspect of the NBA season, and you can have all the talent in the world, but we've seen many players just go down with injuries. Uh, so, just because of that, I feel like they they're equally talented. Joel Embiid is the new Hakeem Olajuwon, from what I've seen. He's he's amazing. Uh, there's you can't go wrong with any of them, uh, but I would definitely pick Carl Anthony Towns as of right now. Yeah, not just I guess you and I, but. You know, the GM survey came out. Uh, who would you start your franchise with? 65% chose Carl Anthony Towns. And not only Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, but there's Anthony Davis, Christos Porzingis, DeAndre Jordan, Hassan Whiteside. So many good young big men out there. Nikola Jokic, uh, Joseph Nurkic that you brought up in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that just speaks to the talent that's out there and it tells us the big man position is alive. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's wrap it up there. Uh, that's just a little pod for the big man of the NBA. And uh, any shout-outs, Deepak? Shout-outs. Shout-out to Jimmer Fredette, who you told me is averaging 40 points per game in China. Uh, keep shooting, Jimmer. Oh, yeah. He's going to take that to heart. He will keep shooting. 
as he should as he should okay guys so we're on facebook we're on itunes now so subscribe to the podcast leave us any feedback that you have and we really appreciate it so stay with us stay current thanks guys <laughs>